love sushi, I love Japan. My social life has hit the fan. All I have is anime, so I guess there's just one thing to say. Guru Gamesh, my life's a mess. My figure collection is racking up debt. My wife has left, my house is gone. Time to get my butt to Sakura Con. Guru Gamesh. Welcome to the Grugamesh Podcast, the only in one place for anime discussion on the internet. Don't question that. I am your lonesome shinobi Jay with my quest to eat a raw dough of fucking grain from the ground and kill a bunch of weird ninja people in the shadows. Joining me on my quest to retrieve my antidote for a poison that was given to me via a dart. It's Ninja Scroll! Yep. Yeah. It's really funny how I pretended that this film had a plot for a solid 30 seconds of this intro. It, it does have a plot, and the plot is um, boobies, blood, violence. This is a lad's anime in every sense of positive and negative connotation in the world. Anyway, lads, introduce yourselves, because goddamn, we just watched the greatest achievement of 1993. Arguably, yes. Uh, I'm Gabe. Uh, I'm Vic. <sighs> and I'm horny for violence, which is <laughs> which is probably the response of most of the people who watch yeah. watch this on like fucking late night cable yes, in America. Yes, we, we we understand you like the violence, Mr. Kawajiri. Uh, we I, do. Look, so this film, if you just Google so for anyone who is Probably significantly younger than us. Yes. For whatever reason, you're watching this. Arguably, even people our age as well. Yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. Like God knows, we're gonna have that one guy who's like 37 is gonna be like, oh, finally they're talking about some good shit. <laughs> like, like you know, maybe we have viewers in Texas. I don't know. We had we have viewers in Brazil apparently. I don't know hey, if they're still around. I love Brazil. Brazil's fantastic. You keep listening, boys. <laughs> Listen, my Brazilian peeps, I love them. There was a they they were here during my first year of uni, and they were the greatest peeps ever. I loved them all. You're all fantastic people. Also, way more liberal than I expected. So yeah, <laughs> A tier people, A tier, amazing. I think this is our new record for just getting off topic as fast as possible, which I know is kind of our staple at this point. But I'm gonna try and pretend we have some like tiny scrape, uh, we, tiny we, pinprick of originality we left make in our Ninja Scroll is a movie written by a horny fourteen-year-old uh, writing a fanfiction. Excuse me, he was forty-two when he wrote this movie. Horny forty-two-year-old then. Okay, so Ninja Scroll. I so this sentence I will be laughed out of the room by Vic specifically for saying this, but I'm hundred percent serious. Ninja Scroll is one of the most important anime films Fuck ever off. made. No. For the American audience, dude, you don't oh, understand. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, fine, here's, fine. here's the thing. For like people for the whiteies specifically, this was one of the first major anime films to come over it's, and sell a lot yeah, of VHSs. Yeah. It's got a huge presence in the history of anime culture in Britain as well. Yeah. Particularly. One of the first anime films we got, period. Th think about how in the early 2000s or late 90s, what your parents thought anime was. Um, blood, violence, gore, titties, I ninjas. don't like you watching this Digiman show. It might expose you to sexual violence. Yes. You get enough of that in this neighborhood. This is, this is what <laughs> people thought the manga cartoons yeah. were like. Uh, Ninja Scrolls basically the perfect poster child for it. I mean, yes, you've got stuff like a Doji, but Ninja Scrolls the better. 
part of that. You didn't see Daffy Duck cut a man in half and then make love to a snake woman? No, nah, but we saw Donald do that. <laughs> that was disturbing. Oh, actually, no, 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 there's, there's, there's... This is going very off topic because there is a skit where Daffy Duck has a thing with a uh, lady with snake hair. Medusa? Yeah. She's a duck. Donald Duck had a thing with Medusa? She was a duck. It might have been Duffy. I can't remember. Anyway, Ninja Scroll. Okay. We have opinions um, on Ninja to Scroll. To be honest with you, honestly, somehow this is going more off topic than the actual film is with its own plot. Yes. So kudos to us there. So, I think it fits. Yeah. So essentially, me and Gabe will talk a little bit about the history of, you know, anime like this and how they came out. Then we'll get into our our opinions. Actually, and- I can comment on this part too. Yeah, just yeah, a yeah, bit. yeah, 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 totally. But we've literally just finished watching this. Me and Gabe haven't seen this in years. Yeah. Vic, this is your first time seeing this movie. Yep. And fuck me, do you have opinions on it? I do. I Very have a vocal lot of opinions. Ones, but no, Entertaining um, ones, I must say. So, dear audience, because I try and treat every single episode as if it's the first time someone's listening. Unless we're doing our comedy bits, which, you know, that kayfabe just goes out the window and shoots itself. (laughs) But Japan had something called the OVA movement during the late 80s until about the early 90s, until sort of like it was very up and down in terms of until about the the mid-2000s. So an OVA, an original video animation, is basically like just a TV special that would be sold to the direct market on VHS where you wouldn't have to go through, you know, TV sponsorships. Yes, or, the, the equivalent is direct-to-video. Yeah, so like, you know, and the modern equivalent would be a Netflix special yeah. that you could buy in a box and then you had to rewind it and then some guy with acne would yell at you if you didn't do a good enough job in a big blue <laughs> building. The, the actual Western equivalent of this, because the direct-to-movie market wasn't that good yeah. here, here in the West. Oh, no, 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 um, no, no. However, there was an equivalent here in the West. Oh, yes. It was the porn market. Oh, that was all all direct to video because, sorry, direct to VHS. You you probably could have found Ninja Scroll in one of those aisles. Oh, absolutely. It would be very, very interesting that there's such a direct parallel because, funnily enough, in Japan, while the OVA boom was going on, it was almost a requirement for you to show female nudity to sell your to sell your anime in Japan funnily enough that's the thing well Japan's always been very loose of its age ratings but even they cannot get away with that like we'll get into the British culture of video nasties later on because they're our closest equivalent to very bloody booby VHS anime Mm -hmm. but yeah that that makes a lot of sense so talking from a cultural perspective you may be wondering what's wrong with these indecent people why why did they make all of these Uh, 40-minute anime episodes that were a bunch of just violence, you know, violence and sex. Well, the thing is, once you get towards the late 80s and the OVA movement starts to come up, animators start to realize that, oh, actually, we're not being restricted by advertisers or networks. We're not being censored. It's a nation that was repressed ever since America did a whoopsie-doo war crime in the 40s. So... uh, you have this whole slew of OVAs coming out throughout the 80s and into the 90s yeah. that progressively get more violent and more... Sexual. Well, yeah. yeah like, sexual. Here's the thing. We, we've made jokes about this before on the podcast, but Japan is a very... is a nation has a very weird relationship with violence and sex. Like, you know, with the imperialist, you know, rise in the 30s, stuff like, you know, Manchuria invasion and other sort of, you know, expansion of imperialism, Japan had, like, rigorous censorship. Japan had rigorous sort of, you know 
very socially conservative culture. And then when America comes and says, okay, so we just destroyed your society, but hey, we have this thing, it's called chocolate, it's going to blow your mind. Um, it starts to shift a little bit. And with the 80s being Japan's most prosperous time economically, because Reaganomics didn't quite fall on its ass yet. No. There was there, there was a lot of sort of chance to for people to socially explore. And one of the methods to do that was to Okay, so oh, there's this lady here. Badonkers, so it's r- relatively large. She has uh, uh, swords for nipples, and then she explodes. Oh, that's that's pretty good. That's a synopsis. Now my that's the whole script. <laughs> Yeah, that's a pretty accurate <laughs> summary. So nin- Ninja Scroll comes along at a point when not only is the Soviet boom really almost at its peak, I'd say. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty much. Well, here's the thing. It's just after its peak because yeah. Ninja Scroll came out in 1993, which is just before the big economic crash. If you want to learn more about this, we actually covered this in our Pokemon episode and a bit in our Serial Experiments Lane episode. Yeah, so with the, bubble, not- with the issues of the bubble economy for yeah, the 80s and yeah. 90s. But Ninja Scroll comes at a point also where anime starts to become more popular outside of Japan yeah. as anime. Like anime had been broadcast out of Japan yeah. since the sixties in yeah. foreign but, countries. But, like, it, with the exception of places like Spain and France, which we're not equipped to deal Talk with about in detail. Yeah, but in terms of English-speaking countries, a lot of it would quite often be adopted. Like you had stuff like Star Blazers, yes. which was you know the sort of Americanization of space battleship Yamato. You had stuff like Robotech, which was, you know, people bringing Mac crossover and sort of making that a little more child-friendly. Yes, effectively a lot of stuff was stripped of its original Japanese identity and rebranded for mm, alternative yeah. markets. Localization. Yes. And Ninja Scroll, alongside works like Akira, which is the real watershed for this, pretty much starts the market anime as anime. A very particular brand of... Yeah. Oh, this is animation for adults. Yeah, so one of the main sort of principles during this time is the fact that anime could only really, like, anime technically was on television during this period, but it would be buried in dead zones. Like, f- you're on the Sci Fi channel, you'd have stuff like um, Demon City Shinjuku and Wicked City, both by our, our good friend, uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Kawajiri, master uh, of. Blood boners and brooding. Yes, like, basically, he is the ultimate. Yeah, no, he's essentially if you if you rolled Todd McFarland, John Carpenter, and a bit of Sam Raby into like a very sort of horny Japanese dude, you'd kind of get Yoshiaki yeah, Kawajiri. Something close. That's a something close. Yeah. That cocktail is something close. Because, you know, even in Ninja Scroll alone, there's a, you know, you can see stuff like, you know, Evil Dead, slasher movies, a bunch of just horror yes. influences there. And it's fascinating to talk about because Ninja Scroll was not just that, I mean, it was cult, but it sold 70,000 VHSs in its country of america alone and you know it, it's still can you give us context though is that big is that small how how huge for is that anime in 1993 that's fucking impressive for context akira got a limited cinema release in america grossed less than a million yeah and ninja scroll and VHSs was an enormous success was significant like vhs's unless you had like a subscription service that's a chunk of change you're buying for like you know it's why movies are so cult because back in the day anime vhs's would have like a maximum of maybe three four episodes on them and that shit would be 40 maybe 60 dollars 
Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's what makes uh, Ninja Scroll a very unique scenario, or at least a, a almost a watershed moment yeah, for anime yeah, in the West. Absolutely. Because this is when, okay, the, the ball... ball the ball is really starting to roll on this whole anime yeah, thing. Yeah. It's bringing it over. It's one of the watershed moments for anime in America, alongside Akira. It's one of the watershed moments, especially in the UK and Britain. Um, it's one of those early releases by a company called Manga Entertainment. Oh, Manga Entertainment. Oh, we love manga. Which technically was still around until very recently, before they got swallowed by the Funimation Empire which originally started in this country, but had different branches. This is all, technically- all branches all over. Yeah, yeah. This is the, this was distributed by the American branch, Manga US. We'll talk about Manga UK in future episodes, because uh, in short, they were famous for importing very sort of cult, you know, violent sexual OVA series, hiring British blokes off the streets to do very <laughs> terrible Californian accents and then just distribute them to the rest of the world. And it's possibly the greatest thing our country has done. I agree. It is the greatest thing your country yeah. has done. Oh, it leads to this thing in the mid-90s in Britain, in particular, of... So, as VHS has started becoming more widespread throughout the 1980s, um, there's a particular phenomenon that happens in the UK called the Video Nasties. Mm. Which is a very British way of saying, someone think about the children! Yes, basically. Um, early videotapes didn't have any kind of reading system oh, on yeah, them. You could, you, a five-year-old could legally check out Evil Dead 2, yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And Evil Dead is kind of like the poster child well, of the video yeah, nasties yeah. movement. Now, by the early 90s, it, it, it died off. You know, we had the BBFC come in, um, reading boards were established, blah, blah. Which actually, did they rated Ninja Scroll. Yep. They're at Ninja Scroll, I'm pretty sure. And, but Ninja Scroll and the whole host of other early manga entertainment titles re reignites it a little bit. Yeah. Um, because of the whole thing. Oh, these are cartoons, but we can't show this to the children. Please, God, somebody think of them. <laughs> so, come to a point then where Ninja Scroll is a very significant, famous, influential work. Yeah especially in English-speaking fan bases. It's still being influential to this day. I, I think 100%. The, the team behind Castlevania, the animated series on Netflix, cited Ninja Scroll as a very big influence, and it's not hard to see with how that series has action choreography and particularly uses of cinematography, how Ninja Scrolls had a direct correlation. So what is it about this weird anime movie with lots of titties and lots of blood and ninjas jumping around in mm. the night what makes this so special? It's fucking cool! The titties. The titties. Cool and titties. That's, that's, that's all we got, boys. That's a nice episode. Thanks for coming. It's, look, look it's the most entertaining type of misogyny. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, you're kind of not wrong, you're, you're, there. you're half right. You're half right. You're at least half right. Look, I might as well try and give a synopsis before we try and dive in, as fruitless as that may appear. So Ninja Scroll is set in the Edo period of Japan, though... This doesn't really matter. No. A lot of these details don't matter. And literally all you need to know is this lone ronin called uh, Jubei is on a quest to get an antidote to a poison he was given and has to come to terms of his past demons and fight a bunch of guys with cool ninja techniques and also this woman with a poison body is tagging along 
and maybe they'll learn something about friendship. Just kidding, just violence. Yes. So, yeah, this is part, part of what I wanted to talk about. So, because there's, look, there's technically like five. No, no, no. I'm not gonna, paragraphs I'm not gonna go... of synopsis on Wikipedia. Oh, no, 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 no. This movie was 95% exposition and plot, and it still meant nothing. Okay? <laughs> it was absolutely nothing. The thing I was actually going to mention is it does, it does the classic thing that you see in every uh, male-oriented sci-fi movie or TV show, which is exposition 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 moving the plot uh, trying to move the plot along talking about like various like ancillary shit that's going on the shimigami clan is going to war of the tokenagabagabagamaga society and we must do battle in the shinukumuku kuku shenanigans yeah is that racist i think it's just below the line oh god look the the whole thing is you're not interesting you're not not taking the piss out of japanese language you're taking the piss out of how weirdly weirdly incomprehensible this film is (laughs) yes but here's the thing, like, let me make my case right now. We're gonna be making fun of this film. But when I call this film a dumb action film, it is the highest compliment I can give. Because I had such a good time with this. It's the highest compliment the film deserves. Yes. And someone was a bit of a grumpy Gus about it. It's not that it was, it was like, okay. It is you as were we scrolling see- through political TikTok through as this. I That's said, how, a, how much of a sad human on, being all, you are. I'm not such a degenerate to use political TikTok. I use political. I use other political things like political Reddit, like a nuanced mm. champion. Oh, <laughs> yes, there's nuance on Reddit. I'm sure. <laughs> but in all seriousness, yeah, sometimes they use grammar. Um, in all seriousness, this is for anyone who somehow managed to get this far into the show without watching Ninja Scroll, please, for the love of God, do not get, if you're going to watch it, watch it with friends and do not watch it sober. For God's sakes, the one mistake I made was having too much of an active mind when I came to watch the film. Let's be clear. Ninja Scroll is not a movie that you're going to be watching for a really interesting, you know, intricate no. political plot between rival factions and the Japanese government. No, 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 no. You watch this shit to see someone get bisected v- uh, vertically, to see a blind swordsman have a fight in a bamboo shroud, to see a woman who hides snake in very interesting places, and to just see some of the coolest, most visceral God damn! Animation moments that 90s anime was able to offer on home video. It is the perfect pick up a case of beer, sit down with the lads, and have a fucking great time anime. And, and two of us did that. I'm not denying I didn't enjoy it. It was just that there were various plot points that I was like, oh, they're not gonna... The woman isn't literally <laughs> going to be poisoned, right? Uh, no, it turns out she's actually poisoned. Yeah, so I will I will pay 500 whatever your currency is if you can do a p- comprehensive feminist reading on this film before killing yourself with vodka. Because, no, look, we are not equipped to talk about this properly, but Jesus Christ, this is, ha, women, the movie. This is, this, this is, this is like... 
This is what we were talking about before when we said a fo- an edgy 14-year-old, a uh, horny 14-year-old. It's a very clearly horny 14-year-old because the women are technically throwing themselves at basically every male character around. Kind of, yeah, and they all kind of look uh, but the same. But they all yeah. are going on that Sigma Miguel grind set. They are just not letting it happen. They are not giving it up. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. I pointed this, I pointed this out during this. the screening, but Jubei... With his, he, he lusts for food and shelter, but not not flesh. He he is especially with his glorious English dub voice. He is the he is basically the Garfield of he anime. He is one of the most chilled anime protagonists in an action series I have ever seen. He's voiced by a man called Dean Ween, and I can't seem to find any other credits for him. That's a shim. The literal most enthusiastic we saw his voice was when he went to go suck on a woman's thigh and she kicked him away. <laughs> and his reaction was the most enthusiastic he'd been all movie and I think was more or less his peak. Yeah, I, mean, um, I think he might be right. Yeah. Uh, th- this movie is just every dumb pot thing you can think of. Like, oh my God, he's still acting. Hey, oh. I'm glad to hear. Yes. But you're right, Ninja Scroll is one of the most contrived pieces of media ever. He is. Like, just put the film. I kind of love that. This is the thing. In terms of how ridiculous it is, it is paced so goddamn well. Because we'll talk about Kawajiri's other work, because you and me, Gabe, have seen a few few between us. And I think pacing is a bit of a, is a difficulty that he has as a writer-director, but goddamn, this it's just, really it, well. it, it flows so well, and the fact that it's a, originally it was planned as two 45-minute OVAs, which is why it technically has, like, a rising action and climax and, you know, every 45 minutes. But it just, you, you wouldn't notice no, if, if it I didn't fit, point that fact very, out. It fits into a very nice flow, and it feels like a complete cohesive piece. It feels like it was made as a single work to be released in a cinema, and that's to its credit. And... Being real, as much as we're you know, taking the piss out of the plot, out of how ridiculous it is, out of how over-the-top it is, and how sexist it is, there's a, there's a fair bit to praise here, just in terms of the production values. Yeah, they're no, they're no. fucking production stunning. Values are outstanding. If, you ca- if you care about animation and can stomach the other stuff, I'm just going to yes. call it, it's incredible. And I, I genuinely mean that in terms of cinematography, use of colour, use of shadow, blocking, storyboarding. This is the kind of quality premium cheese soaked in the blood of a thousand nameless ninja that you can only get through this movement of anime. Like, shows, movies, OVAs, whatever, they don't look like this anymore. No, this is a very special brand of animation. Uh, Yeah. Um, uh, Jay is obviously a big fan of 90s anime and hates the more co- uh, modern uh, look. Okay, okay, so uh, let me just justify this. I'm not one of those fucking heads like, about anime was better when everything moved at 12 frames a second and the women didn't do anything, or whatever. It's the fact that I think something organic has been lost with a lot of how digital colouring is can, at, at times, be a little synthetic, the lighting can be a bit harsh. For instance, an example I use in this film is that night scenes are often lit and toned with shades of blue, and I love that as a stylistic approach, but nowadays you just use something that's more realistic in terms of what night looks like, 
but there's something that is you're you're losing something. You're you're losing that sort of organic sense of pastel color when you have something that's trying to replicate more realism as opposed to use using paints, which is what the yeah. anime used to be made on. So I don't hate all modern anime. That would be a ridiculous statement. God knows our next three months and a half of content is gonna be covering newer stuff because I'm a fuse whore. But yeah, I I miss when anime looked like this, and I wasn't even fucking alive when this aired, man. So uh, the TLDR is he just hates all modern anime. That's what that is. <laughs> oh, that's a takeaway from it, certainly. <laughs> if my son was brave enough, then he would hate all modern anime. He's too much of a fucking pussy with his fucking Gundams and his... My sister's 12 years old, but she's got Badoonkadoon. Uh, have we just had a very significant moment in the Grugamesh podcast lore where the truth has come out that Grunkle Greg is not in fact your Grunkle. He is your father. I'm Scottish. Everyone's inbred. That's a fair argument, yes. <laughs> oh, fuck. He's got us there. <laughs> oh, oh, every, everyone's a child of a sheep at a fried Mars bar. Anyway, Wait, isn't that Wales? The sheep thing's definitely Wales. No, it's sheep in Scotland. No, no, no. Fucking the sheep is oh, definitely fucking, a Welsh thing. Fucking the sheep is a Welsh I should know. Thing. I traded two of my sheep for a premium laser disc copy of Ninja Scroll. He he must have really loved Ninja Scroll. He traded two of his wives for I know. that. It was crap. I hated it. What did you hear about it, Greg? What what were the issues? It was too quick. I couldn't follow any of it. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I mean, that's F- follow any of it. I mean, that's a weirdly valid criticism. I'm impressed. I mean, in the most roundabout way. It wouldn't even work on my vinyl player. What kind of bollocks was I sold? <laughs> uh, okay, back in the basement for you, Grunkle Greg. There you go. He had to come out for this episode. This is his premier state of expertise. Um, <laughs> sorry, can't you imagine? Basically, Uncle we Greg really do appreciate. Young. <laughs> we really do, like all of us, including Dre, really do appreciate the uh, use of color contrasting, yep. Yep. and it felt like they actually tried with this, with this animation that they actually did in this movie. It was really impressive. You, even if you're not the the biggest fan of '90s anime, you can still really enjoy this. Well, what's actually fascinating about this is because Kawajiri was, you know. A man who made his name for titties. Uh, well, yes, titties, gunfights, everything we could make fun of. But his, you say nineties, but his style's actually a lot of a holdover from his work in the eighties. Yes, stuff like Wiki City, Goku Midnight Eye, Cyber City Oedo. It's sort of like a fusion of the style because it's got the the foofy, you know, very detailed hair of the eighties, but it's got the sharp nose. And sort of, you know, occasional thick outlines of, you know, more more 90s era stuff. And look, the man is a master of his craft, and that craft is is cult action horror. And then just calls beautiful example oh, of it's such this a, cult, uh, yeah. the, the specifically cult yeah. action horror. He, he is, oh God, it, it, I, I hate the movie on the one hand, and yet I love it. For all that it does so well. Exactly. There's so much that you could pick out with this film to be like, this is a big issue. This is pro- this is problematic. This is fucking whatever it is. But then you sit back and you go, actually, uh, 
do I care that much? Because this is just a really fucking wild ride, and I'm kind of in for yeah, it. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, we'll get to the influence it's had on uh, American like, filmmakers and you know other anime later. But Kawajiri is a man who deserves to be respected, yes. and as much as we're gonna make fun of the movie. The man is a quality animator and filmmaker, and I just want to get that off my chest because I was so impressed with what a visual tour de force this movie is. Like, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, an example of him actually doing really great anime work and really stupid anime work all within a scene and a half is um, the reveal that... To cure the uh, the antidote to the uh, to the Ronin's poison is pussy. I mean, look, look. We mentioned Shinzo Abe in in the Gundam episode, and I think I think this is probably was his favorite film because the the, the message is that by copulating, we yeah. can cure the disease that is underpopulation in Japan. I mean, I, I think the whole idea of anime as a psyop to get lonely young men to fuck kind of backfired because they Massively. all just bought body pillows. Yeah, yes. pretty much. Um, but going back into that, like, yes, the idea of making the woman the antidote and that he had to fuck her somehow, and that somehow cured his poison. We're not which, exaggerating. That's, that's literally that what happens. That is actually the plot. So, but that's where I want to contrast it because there's actually a bit of a moment between him, the Ronin, and the ninja woman that, that they actually have a little yeah, embrace. He's a, Kagero is a very... It's a complicated character to talk about because she's kind of a classic Kawajiri trope because the classic structure for a Kawajiri original film, he's done other licensed yeah. work, is you have a protagonist who is the, the typical sort of stoic badass or maybe he's a bit sort of snarky. And then there's a woman, usually with black mid to short hair, who's capable in terms of inflicting violence, but is always in sexually vulnerable situations where the hero has a chance to prove himself or, you know, earn either their respect or admiration. And then there's just a weird goblin gremlin man who looks fucking repulsive and is the age of the sun itself. And is like, <laughs> show me your feet! He's always a good time. And I think, that, like, if we're going to try and defend this a little bit, there is something to be said about how... Historically, like seduction and those sort of subversive sexual acts as a way of being a ninja, being a Knoichi, was yeah. has historical precedent. It does. However, I, I don't know how much Kawajiri's take on it yeah. is accurate. Let me just Google um, can a python fit in a cervix? I, ass I would assume I'm the answer is no. And no. now I'm on a watch list. Oh dear. Yeah. Again. <laughs> That really happened. There was a snake oh. in a vagina. For, well, no, a oh, magician's it's vagina. Hilarious. Oh, here's the thing. We haven't talked about this. Is the fact that a lot of these moments of violence or nudity, the default reaction is not sort of shock or titillation. It's laughter. And I probably think that that's intentional. Like, the best way to consume these movies is... Get a bunch of the lads round, crack a few cold ones out, crank that English dub up, and just have a good time. Here's the thing. I think we can laugh at it now, because we're not 14 anymore. Oh yeah, well, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's two things. The cognitive dissonance of the fact that we're not 14 and we know cartoons aren't just Fred Flintstone, but it's also the fact that because we know of the legacy of 
hey, anime does a bunch of stuff that our cartoons don't usually do, where the poison ah, ah, ah. is taken away a little bit. We're immune to it. The, the antidote we've consumed is just more anime. Yeah, you're right about that. Kinda, kinda, that's... Well, I'm speaking from my and Gabe's experience for you. Uh, you have yeah. enough poison in your veins from what you do on the internet. Yes, I am filled to the brim with poison from all sorts of horrific, horrific communities. There is an extent to which, if you've been watching anime for years, like most of us, most of us have, and we've seen quite a bit, uh-huh. you end up being a bit desensitized to the more ridiculous aspects of yeah. the medium. Like, so the qu- the question that oh god, I hate to go into this area, but the question where someone who'd be like more feminist inclined, oh Jesus Christ, they would hate this movie. Oh yeah, like, like no, 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 like, no, but they would ask, okay what kind of marks has that left on you as a person in terms of your personality in terms of your tastes and they might even go one step further and to say has that made you more misogynistic oh dear god as a person no because there is so like here's the thing there's a difference between someone brushing up a sexual assault scene in like a very serious drama where it's two old men talking in a room but this is a film where someone gets bisected virtually by a ninja sword a dude turns into a tree at some point, and there's a weird shadowy ninja man with grapple arms. Like the like, no one absolutely. I refuse to believe. Oh god, this is going to be my fucking Joseph Rogan moment. Oh dear, yeah, yeah. this might be right, your Joe on, Rogan on, moment. <clears throat> the thing about the West is that so it's more of Alex Jones, but never mind. Yeah, close enough. You need to stop attributing the Western values to the East. They've already been consumed by the Reds. <laughs> Where's my frog collection so I can fuck them? Dear Lord. <laughs> this is... I have I have no notes with this fucking episode. I'm looking at Wikipedia and Sakakaburu on my phone. Yeah, we're okay, going slightly so mental let's, here. Let's pull it back. Let's pull it back Favorite away from this. moments from this film, because goddamn do I have a few. Oh, fucking hell. Um, no, to address the elephant in the room, yes, there is lots of violence against women in this yeah, anime. Uh, there's, lots of, there's lots of violence in general. Yeah. Um, but considering how it's framed and the fact that even the main heroine technically is a capable ninja, there's literally a scene where some old dude is just kind of trying to swallow her like a walrus. And that's in the first five minutes. Um, like it's, it's, yeah. it's more funny than it is disturbing. Yes, no. yes, it's funnier than it is anything else. Yes, And, and then there's the du- the main character who's just sitting there next to him as he's trying to like all over this woman. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? It's like the, the way the women are portrayed in this film is very much how edgy 90s people thought the women should be portrayed. Men for how they fought men with like women portrayed and yeah it's bad it's it's ridiculous it's so yeah I was gonna say they're way I too old <laughs> oh lord yeah you know they didn't have any uh, orange or blue wigs on them and they weren't in they weren't in fucking leotards oh god it's, it's, it's a good thing Hideaki Anno came and you know saved anime's perspective on women 
This is a take. A take and a half. That's definitely a take. Yeah, that's an opinion. Look, look, (laughs) Look, you know, when one of your characters is known as the premium girl because of how much merchandise she sells, I think you've lost all rights to complain to your audience about stop buying the naked women. Yeah, actually, that's a fair take. But anyway, that's for another episode. Just, just, we have to force Evangelion into each episode just to annoy you. Okay. Well, no, we, no, 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 no. You brought, the, you brought this in. No, I brought this in because I I get to make fun of Evangelion. It's it, it's my whole lifeblood is making fun of the most popular anime on earth and saying it's shit Gundam. <laughs> we will probably never do an episode in Evangelion, but we will bring it up every episode. No, we will. We'll do those weird porn parodies based on like the the fucking doujin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guess which timestamp is getting cut from this episode, Future J? Hey, so we're going a bit off track. What's what? What are our takes on what? What have we left to discuss about this beautiful, beautiful film? Um, swords are fucking rad. Yep, the sword is good. Um, like basically every fight in this film is like amazing. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's fantastic. There's, there's, oh, we forgot to mention the mild homophobia, but we'll just skip past that. It it's was fine. the 90s. If fucking friends couldn't get honestly, it right, no one could. Honestly, uh. that was the thing I said during the film. I was like, you know, honestly, for the homophobia, it's actually pretty progressive. Cool. Good yeah, answer. It's, fair, it's fairly light on it, to be fair. Yeah, it's very light. For 1993, this is pretty good. I'll take it. Put that on the box. We don't hate the gay people. Yet! (laughs) No, we just think they're the villains. Ah, they didn't exist until 1974. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Yeah, this was... Those goddamn Philadelphians invented man love and I don't care for it. Alright, we're going to be out of hand with a shtick. Here's the thing, none of us have had alcohol, but it really does seem like it. It really does, but this is the kind of movie that Ninja Scroll is. Yes. Even if you watch it sober, and I'd recommend watching it drunk. Yes. Even if you watch it sober, you're going to come out of it with your mind going crazy places because you just spent the last hour and a half sitting there going, what the fuck is happening? All right, so I'm going to do what Jay does best and list a bunch of Japanese people that did cool shit in this movie. Cool. And there's a lot of cool Go shit they it. did. Yeah, so essentially, cinematography uh, by uh, Itoshi Yamaguchi. Like, motherfucker knows yes. where to put a goddamn camera. And in, because it's, it's anime, cinematography is both easier and way more difficult at the same time. Because you can draw everything, but it also means, oh, fuck, we've got to draw everything. But, you know, the, the action framing, the interesting angles, it's it's absolutely gorgeous. And also the music by Karu Wada. This is, this yeah, is good. Yeah. There's an interesting blend of traditional Japanese folk and pipe music with synth. Yes. Which I think blends really freaking yeah, well. It really does. I wanted to just go back to the cinematography because they did it superbly well and it was like and you could tell it was the director and the cinematographer working together because there were scenes that i pointed out during the movie where action was happening but it was not on screen but you could see the reactions and how it was reacting in the scene of the frame that you were actually seeing so like the light was changing in the room and you could almost feel a difference in the whole in the whole vibe of the atmosphere, like, oh no, shit is going down. A very effective way of demonstrating action and demonstrating that things are happening without actually showing it. I, it works beautifully because it's still happening. You still feel it. You just don't get to see it. So I don't know about you two gentlemen, but the climax climax, in my opinion, is the hypest shit in this movie. When they Arguably, have the, the yes. gold on the ship 
and then everything set on fire and then there's the final fight between the big bad who had his head chopped off but then he went into a Lazarus pit or whatever and now he's alive again like a lot of those like some of the best flames I've ever seen in analog animation where Jubei's fighting essentially just a fucking ripped evil Rob Liefeld version of fucking Kinshiro from Fist of the North Star and a lot of that stuff was animated by uh like, you know, prolific action animator of the 80s and 90s, Hirosuga uh, Kawasaki, who also worked on Ghost in the Shell, he worked on the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure OVA in the 90s, worked on Laputa, Castle of the Sky. Yeah, I remember all of the titties and gunfights in that. Oh yeah, so many. But that closing sequence in the movie it's is so just it, it's so phenomenal. Good. Some of the best sword fighting and best just action... It's Blade be- choreography yes. in all of this medium. Beautifully animated, beautifully coloured, beautifully choreographed, beautifully framed and shot. And to be honest, all of us, we've said, all of the action fit scenes in this movie yeah. are that. It, this this is why you're watching Ninja Scroll. You're watching Ninja Scroll for fantastic, well-drawn action that you will look at and go, "What? whoa, holy shit, that's fucking cool. The kind of thing that... If you saw that kind of animation for the first time in 1993, you would yeah. it would blow your fucking mind. And here's the thing: I do feel a little guilty that I didn't do more more research on this. Like, we will return to the world of Kawajiri later. Yes, like, we will. You and me specifically, we'll Gabe. We'll probably maybe maybe one day we'll do a little double bill on some Kawajiri stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, more specifically, I'm thinking that a film we will definitely return to on this podcast is Vampire Hunter D: Bloodlust. Hey! Yes. Because that might be his magnum opus. It might be his best film because it kind of balances everything. But talking more about Ninja Scrolls, just general cool shit. God damn. God damn, this English dub is so fucking good. It's impressive, especially for early 90s before a lot of English dubs were kind of standardized. This so it, does what, it, very so well. it was distributed and commissioned by MGM. And there's a lot of old veterans in here, like Wendy Lee uh, plays the main. Uh, Ninja Girl and Kagero. You know, there's there's Richard Epcar bringing his A game as Gamma. There's there's a lot of sort of you know old. There's Kirk Fortin. A lot of people that I know yeah. from my dub background, and it's a joy to hear them in anime. And goddamn, but just Dean Ween's performance as the most fucking chill ass dude in Jubei. He's such a sassy bitch. He pulls it off very well. He's ne- like he's always speaking in such a tone where it's like someone's, you know, dropped a pencil. Yeah, someone's just mildly inconvenienced and him. I actually kind of think that's a really interesting directing decision because it's hilarious and it's probably not what you want in an action film. But it's such a fucking contrast. I think it's really effective. It's very fitting with the Ronin tradition in Japanese Chambara cinema of yeah. having the main Ronin just be very relaxed. I mean, you see it in stuff like Yojimbo. Yeah. Though it is kind of weird that he is voiced by Koichi Yamadera in Japanese, who's the voice of Spike Spiegel. Huh, that's quite neat. Yeah, a little more prestige uh, in the home turf of Nihongo. But goddamn, please watch all of Kawajiri's stuff. In, in English format, because those quality 80s and 90s dubs, sometimes done by Manga UK, they will, nothing beats no, a man. They will add to the experience so much, as, as it does for here, as yeah. it does for Ninja Scroll. It adds beautifully to the experience. So this was a big fucking success. Huge. Yeah. Massively. So it, 
it, it was part of the establishment of anime as a medium in English-speaking countries. So this sold a lot of VHSs. This was like a premium staple of like sci-fi channel anime blocks. Like old guard otaku fucking love this film. And in this specific era of like, you know, Wicked City, Akira, Ghost in the Shell, friggin', you know, uh, Black Magic 666. Like, you know, I could list off a bunch of cool, dumb OVAs as well. It's, it was just, it's what anime was by de facto distribution. Yep. And goddamn, was it a good time. It's, it's one of the highlights of that era of anime being distributed in the West. It's like, you know, before Toonami, like there were attempted television blocks and, you know, this was a staple on some of them. Like can Canada's, you know, had a, had a try run on its Teletoon station where it would, you know, it would air Ninja Scroll in blocks. Like, people have always, you know, wanted to try and get anime on TV, but it just, you know, it was just 10 years a little too early. Also, um, the UK version cut a bunch of stuff out, and I don't blame them because we were just coming uh, off... I don't blame them. We were just coming off a Thatcher government nope. and trying to get this shit in. Oof, what have been... That's a, that's a losing battle right there. <laughs> Yep, uh, this was truly crazy. When uh, w when we say the woman, the, the snake came out of the woman's, we mean that's not a euphemism. No, that literally happened, and that's the kind of movie you're getting into here. Yes, it is very sexually explicit. So of course they were going to cut those scenes. It was inevitable. Yeah. If if you're going into Ninja Scroll. Now, now you know what you're getting into, and you know what to prepare for. Yeah, and if you've seen it, this is probably just funny to hear more people's <laughs> yeah, no, opinions I, I, again. Abso absolutely, like I'll, I'll probably close out with a couple more sort of legacy factoids yes. about this show, but I think we'll kind of give final thesis, and then we'll peace out. Because in the time we've complained about this titty Ronin anime, it's turned dark outside. So, I think one of the biggest sort of championing shining highlights of how much this film meant to the west is the motherfucking wachowski sisters cited ninja scrolls a big influence on the matrix yeah, fucking did. and then kawajiri came and directed a couple of shorts for the animatrix compilation and yeah i think that's incredibly validating for the man's it work it's like again it's it's hard to underestimate how alongside works like akira ninja scroll is a foundational aspect of the western anime yeah, it is. the english speaking anime because what other animated feature produced natively or in europe could you point to that was anything like ninja scroll nothing nah um, no, even stuff like on the outskirts of American and European animation, like no. the works of Ralph Bakshi, they, they the don't even touch what this is. The raw nature of, because here's the thing, Vic's right, this is a movie made for 14 year olds, but you know what? We're all still 14 in there somewhere, and fuck me did I enjoy this. I had a great time, and I would have a great time again. Gonna be real. I'm gonna be real. I never want to watch this film again. <laughs> like, like I was saying to the guys earlier, it is actually a really fun watch. It's an amazing visual feast. Yeah. But my god, is that plot Look, fucking non-existent. I get it. Some, but sometimes, man, sometimes you've got some nice home-cooked food at home, but sometimes 
you just fucking want McDonald's. Yeah. And this literally. film serves that niche perfectly. Listen, I'm all for visual spectacle films, but usually you need a bit of a vehicle to get you from visual spectacle A to visual spectacle B. Yeah, the vehicle this- was the nudity to the violence. Were you not paying attention? Fucking Whoa. smooth brain over here. Oh, <laughs> well, I was expecting at least a bit more. And that was your failure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, my brain was too active. I expected too much in the realm of plot. That uh. was my mistake. And I am deeply regretful. If I could ever watch it on mute, it'd be great. It'd be a great film. But then you'd be missing the dub. Yeah. Like, you know, Vikram's opinions have been um, restricted from him. He's not allowed to talk for the next actually, five that's episodes. A, that's actually a very fair point. The dub was fantastic. Um, the, my biggest problem, more than anything, was that during the film, I would crack a joke like, oh yeah, about her vagina's poisonous. And then it would turn out, no, her vagina's poisonous. Yeah, I think, I think you predicted both the major twists with her character. Yeah. And that's a problem because I was like half joking at least. And it was only the second one. I was like, oh, please don't be true. Just because the first one turned out to be true. No, me and Jay, both times me and Jay just looked at each other and were just like, who wants to tell him? Uh, we're, not, we're not going to. <laughs> and I was, and then when she was dying plot twist again, uh, she was like, oh, if only my life was, uh, I got to fuck you before I died. And it was like, what? And she was like, you're the only person to not just see me as a, a ninja and a tool, but as a woman. And then I just lost it. I was like, what the fuck? Believe it. Oh, my That's Lord. my nindo. That's my ninja way. <laughs> Walking away from naked women. <laughs> gotta, gotta respect them, mom. Listen, uh, the Sigma male grind set. <laughs> this has been the Gurugamesh podcast, and I've got to cut this snake's head off before we drown in our own... Before we go even more mental than we already <laughs> yeah, basically. are. basically. So, um, rate and review us on all podcasting apps. Uh, follow us on GarugameshPod at Twitter.com. Oh, we have a Gmail account. Send us dumb questions. Ask us about our favorite brand of Belgian marmalade or check in on Grunkle Greg, because God knows I'm sick of doing it. Uh, yeah, so with that said, um, hoist your katanas and walk across that uh, bridge as the camera fades out. Because I love sushi. I love Japan. And I love you for staying a fan. Farewell, friends. Women, am I right? Too late to give you back. My receipt is gone. And I'm starting to look back at everything that's going wrong. Know how I used to long to hold you in my hands. Such a shame it took six weeks shipping directly from Japan. Not gonna lie, you were kawaii, but now your paint job's chipped away. Wife. You're shining glass once, but my family in strife for what I owe to you. I swear I could die. All these body pillows I left hanging dry. Oh, darling, we're a mess. Listening to Garuga Mess.